<laughs> I was under strict orders this morning. I got a text at 8.30. It said, don't break the church today. Uh, but, so I'll try not to. But uh, child of God, it, it is something that um, is on a, sh- a hoodie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you can buy one of those hoodies out there. But uh, there's something really significant about this, and I want to talk about that today. Um, first, I'm going to need my phone, and I'm going to need a little table. And maybe, because I actually hurt my back when I was in Cabo, San Lucas, <laughs> last week for a work thing, believe it or not. Uh, I would love that chair that's by that, by that camera, just in case. I need to uh, sit down for a second. We're allowed to smile, it's church. (laughs) So my name's Jesse. Maybe you've never heard or seen me before. I'm the guy with the beard and uh, the good beard. Although there's another good beard there. Hello, sir. Good Good afternoon. Or morning, I guess, still, but whatever. When bearded men talk to each other, we talk like we're much smarter than we are, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's all an illusion. Uh, uh, I grew a beard because I didn't want to shave anymore, and that's just kind of how it went. So anyway, we're not talking about my beard today. All right, we're going to talk about some serious stuff. Serious, Jesse, serious, okay. Scripture guy, you ready? First one. Here we go. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Well, that's a doozy to start off with today. Jesse, you're supposed to be fun and engage everyone. The fear of the Lord is the beginning winner. You heard that phrase before, the fear of the Lord? It's terrifying. I, I always thought it was horribly terrifying. I'm like, I don't understand this. How is fear and God supposed to work together? Everything that every leader has told me is that you're not supposed to be afraid. Fear doesn't have any part of this kind of deal that we're talking about. And here we are. This verse says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Well, there's something there that we have to talk about. Uh, And I want to talk about that stuff. And I want to tell you about how a rabbit taught me about the fear of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just come before you this morning as your children as, as people that are willing to learn. A child is, is a child because they mimic what the adults do. And that is how they learn. And so we say this morning, we want to open our hearts up, myself included, to be that of a child. To be that of someone that can learn from my master, from my leader, from my, from my adult in my life. And, and fortunately for us, Lord, you are the perfect father. You are the perfect leader. You are the perfect guide. And so this morning, we open our hearts and we say, let me come to you as a little child and learn from you that sits on the throne. Amen. Yes, I did say a rabbit, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, We need to understand that a relationship with the Father, so God, have you ever heard of the Trinity before? It's a really hard stuff today. Father, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Well, how does this all make sense together? We hear about this stuff all the time. You might even hear people pray a certain way, like they ask the Holy Spirit to come and and make someone better, or we pray in Jesus' name and say, Jesus, come and heal us. Or someone might say, Father, and you're like, okay, I'm confused now because you're talking to three different people. Is there three dudes running around somewhere that I'm missing 
that I don't understand what's going on? Well, I don't want to break down the whole trilogy or trinity today and try to make it all make sense to you, but essentially, God is in three persons. Now, they are not separate. They know what, for the most part, what each other are doing. The one thing that you can throw a monkey wrench into the plan is Jesus doesn't even know the time he returns. Only the Father knows. And you're like, whoa, that's weird. (laughs) But let's not get too deep into the theological rabbit hole. said rabbit again. I will tell you the story about the rabbit. But think about this. Water has three parts. So it could be a liquid form. It could be steam. It could be ice. All water, correct? Still water. Different functions. So as we talk about that, we need to understand that there are different functions that the Godhead has. Now, it's super easy for a lot of us to, to talk about Jesus. Because he's like, hey, he's like one of us. He was like one of us. He was a dude that came. He was a man. And we can relate to that. I can relate to Jesus because he was kind of like someone I know. Or I can imagine. I can envision him easier. The Holy Spirit might be a little different. Although, for the most part, in the last you know, 15, 20 years, we kind of understood that a little more as, oh, the Holy Spirit is like, you know, it's kind of what makes me feel. It's like, who carries, a, who's around here? And like, when there's a really awesome moment, we can say, oh, the Holy Spirit was right there. And we're, we're used to that. Something maybe, though, that we've kind of brushed over sometimes is the relationship with the Father. And I, and I know I, <laughs> there's a lot of people that don't have a good relationship with the earthly Father, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But fortunately, there's a lot of people that do have a good relationship with the earthly Father, and that's awesome. I think it's a really good thing if you have an amazing Father in your life that can help you and guide you and, and, and lead you. Now, it isn't to say anything against mothers, okay? So mothers do a heck of a lot, don't they, boys? Yeah, I have five boys, and they know that without their mother, they would starve. <laughs> Dad's version of dinner is throwing a pack of hot dogs down in the basement and locking the door. So, <laughs> so they're very thankful for their mother. So it isn't, again, I'm not bashing moms. I'm very appreciative of the moms. But the father does something different. My kids, when the mom tells them to get ready for school, she might have to say it 15 times. When I come down and say, get ready for school, they get ready for school. There's something that the father carries that's very authoritative. And again, I don't want to get into the whole equalization thing, but God designed this a certain way. Fathers do carry a certain level of authority, which is why there's such an attack on fathers in the family on the earth. Think about it. You say absentee father, loser dads, absentee dads, dads that are not there. Uh, What's the other? Deadbeat dad. We have many names for it. For the most part, the moms, bless their hearts, Uh, really carry the families together because a lot of fathers have dropped their God-given duty. God-given duty to be someone that can lead. Not someone that can dictate or or overpower or or abuse. That's not godly. (laughs) Someone that can lead and bring the children to obedience. Someone that can come and be ahead and bring peace to a home. Someone that can come and, yes, even bring discipline. Because the scripture also says that 
Whoever God loves, he also chastens. He also disciplines. So if you're loved by God here, who's loved by God? Anyone loved by God here today? It means that he also must discipline you. We also have an attack on that in our society where discipline isn't, is, is, is questionable at best. That's why we get 10th place ribbons for, for soccer. <laughs> there's not really a, a cut and dry thing anymore. It's everybody wins. We're all, well, there's right and wrong. There are absolutes in the world. There absolutely are. But without getting too sidetracked, I, I just want to kind of lay some foundation of what we're going to talk about today, and that is the relationship with God the Father. Sometimes, and especially for me, this was a difficult one. Did not have the greatest relationship with my earthly father. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. And so for me, it was very easy to bypass this part of God. I could stand there and say, yes, I relate with Jesus. Yes, I love the Holy Spirit. I've seen what he does. It's amazing. But when it was time to come and actually come before the Father as a child, I didn't know how to do that because I didn't do it on the earth. Now, again, precursor, remember all the things I just said. If you have a great father, awesome. It might be easier for you. If you didn't, it might be a little more difficult. I'll be sure to work this out by the end. But bear with me. We have to understand something, that a relationship with the father is the purpose, was the purpose of Jesus coming to the earth. 2 Corinthians 5.18. Put that up there. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. Listen to this. The whole thing, the whole purpose of Jesus coming to the earth was to reconcile us, was to bring us back into relationship with God the Father. Up until that point, we couldn't do it. If you think back to the Israelite times, uh, with the you know people in the desert, Israelites in the desert, Moses building a tabernacle. Once a year, the high priest was allowed going into the holy of holies. I don't want to get too have to explain everything, but essentially it was a little room where once a year God Himself would come and rest, his presence would rest inside that room. And once a year, a high priest was allowed to go and be in that presence. If the high priest had sin in his life, and he didn't totally clean himself out, like, I'm talking like not a bad thought about anything. He read scripture for like seven days straight to try to eliminate any bad thought he had, because if he went in there, and there was anything like that, he'd instantly die. Dead. Not good, right? Not good. <laughs> we, we'd be screwed. That was the case right now. Fortunately, God had a plan. Jesus. Jesus comes to the earth and says, hey, God's like, hey, I need these people to be in my presence. That's the whole purpose here. The whole Garden of Eden was meant to be forever. They were meant to be in my presence. We need to fix this, so I need to send my son who's perfect without sin, to conquer all this stuff so that these people can have a relationship with me once again. That's the purpose. So right there, proving the point that we need a relationship with the Father. You can't bypass this one. It's scripture. This is why Jesus was here. This is the point. 
The relationship with the Father is critical and is the only way Jesus could operate. It's the only way Jesus could actually even do anything here on the earth uh, in John 5, 19. I'll prove this one too. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. I tell you the truth. The Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So now we're going to start breaking down this vision that you might have of the Father of being this hierarchy dictator that has come to destroy me. Because Jesus, everything we've seen, Jesus is compassionate. We think about Jesus, think about it for a second. Compassionate, loving. He loved the widow and the orphan. and He, he spent time with sinners. He was like People like, oh, he was so good to be around. I do nothing I only do what I see the Father do. Meaning, the Father might be different than we initially thought. Jesus only does what the Father does. So right here, we have to understand that God, the Father, and the relationship with him is bigger than we initially thought. But what if we really struggle with the idea of Father? Well, I mean... (laughs) This is, the, this is the big thing. Uh, throw up Proverbs 9.10. Because this is the verse that, that uh, oh, sorry, not 9.10. That's not the one. Proverbs 3.11 and 12. Uh, this is the one that kind of scares us a little bit. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son. Now, I'm going to ask my kids something. Guys, do you love it when I punish you? <laughs> what was that? You can say words. No. <laughs> no. Uh, who wants to be my... Jude, you want to come up here for a minute? No. <laughs> I, Jaken was good. Jaken, Jaken, they're all good. But Jaken got it quicker than Jude. <laughs> Jaken's the oldest. Wave your hand, Jaken. Jude's the second. He's... 14 and 12. So Jacob got it a lot quicker than Jude did. Really. He, he, he understood the voice of dad. Now, again, I am by no means perfect. Right? I am in no way a perfect father. I have many flaws, some of which my sons will tell me in about 10 more years. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> because when you have sons, it's usually like their mom's great and you like love your mom or whatever, but then eventually they find everything wrong with the dad and then they have their own kids and then they realize how smart he was in the first place. And so it all comes around. But, uh, <laughs> but Jake got it quicker than Jude. He, he you know, I, I got him a couple times and he understood. Okay, if this and this happens and he responds this way, I know I'm out of line. And now, there's a whole other side of things because Jacob gets a little more sneaky about the things he does. <laughs> and Jude's very blatant about the things he does, and he just didn't, he's a little more bull in the china shop. Jacob's a little more crafty and stealthy. So, <laughs> uh, but Jude didn't get it. Jude did not understand when something was wrong. <laughs> and I remember tuning him up at least 20 times one day. 20, time and time again. And, you know, Nikki's, like, crying, like, what's going on? Is something wrong with our kid? Like, 
And I'm like, no, there's, there's something he needs to understand. There's something in him that needs to actually change. And, and, and it really is. Now, if you want to talk about disciplining kids and your young parents, come talk to us after because we have a lot of awesome tips that we can give. One thing is I never, ever disciplined when I was angry. I waited. Because if I do it out of anger, that's a different spirit. That's, that's a wrong spirit to discipline out of. When God says disciplines and he loves us, that's something different. And so that verse really stuck to me. Because whenever I was disciplined, it was always out of anger. Uh, and so I said, I determined to myself, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I, wanna, I, want, I truly want this to be out of love because I don't want them to go a certain way. And so Jude took some time. He took a lot of time, actually. It was probably a good year and a half, maybe two years, of constantly guiding him and steering him in the right direction. And what it came down to, and this is really interesting, and Jude can tell, tell you, and he'll say it right now, when I look at Jude and say, hey, what do you need to change? He said, my attitude. Because there's something in us that rebels against the truth. There's something in this that actually is designed to rebel against God's plan. Enter Drake song. I don't know why. <laughs> there's something, and, and Paul talks about it. I don't have to write scripture for me right now. Maybe some of you know it, but there's something in us that's actually hostile to the nature of God. There's something in us that is actually at war against it. We don't want to do what God wants us to do, which is why when, when Jesus says, I only do what the Father does, is even more amazing because I, I rarely do what the Father does. I react out of anger. I react out of my emotion. I react, I react just simply at the drop of a hat because I lost my keys and I lose my mind. That's not what the Father does. And so when it came to my kids, thankfully, thank God, that I didn't respond that way. Now, there's, again, times that I didn't respond correctly. Fortunately, and I hope my kids would attest to it too, that more times than not, I try to respond the right way. So I take him into my room, sit him down. We talk about what happened. And after, we hugged. We told each other we loved each other. And we weren't allowed to leave until... Everyone was calmed down and stopped crying. And then we went on. A lot of times when we think about the Father, we think about the negative times we've had in our life. And one of the greatest tragedies, I think, would be if my kids one day couldn't relate to God the Father because of their encounter with me. To me, that would be the greatest tragedy. But I'll tell you this, that God the Father doesn't respond that way. I'm going to read you a story about a rabbit. I've got 12 minutes left. No, how much time do I have left? 12 minutes. Nice. Is that correct? A pink number? <laughs> There's so many numbers on the screen here. I am lost. <laughs> Sorry, Ashley, I know you're a teacher, but maybe you can teach me how to read all that. Uh, <laughs> the pink one? Okay, good. My wife's laughing. It's good. Because usually she just rolls her eyes. <laughs> there it is. There was the eye roll. 
Okay, here we go. I wrote, this is a true story. True story. Not making this up. But I wrote it down because it was so impacting. This happened a few years ago. I was working at another church across town. And I was in my office. So here we go. This is the story of a rabbit. I was walking out of the foyer of the church, kind of like that. And I looked out the windows and I noticed a group of birds, two magpies and a crow, kind of dancing around each other. At first I thought, hey, it's a Mexican standoff of sorts. And, but as I looked closer, I noticed they were actually circling around something on the ground. A young bunny spun furiously, trying to ward off the predators. Normally, I dislike rabbits a lot because they're kind of like rodents. Even though they're not rodents, I feel that they are. I don't like rabbits. Fortunately for the rabbit, I dislike magpies and crows more so. All right, continuing on. <laughs> are you intrigued so far? Get what's going on? Little bunny rabbit, tiny little bunny rabbit, this big, circling, trying to ward off these birds from pecking its eyeballs out. It's true, it's what they do. Vicious. Something inside of me cried out to protect this little creature. I am not like this. I would laugh normally. Look at the buddy. He's going to get his eyes picked out. <laughs> but this time, I cried out in rage. I flung the door open, and the birds all jumped, noticing something much larger than themselves charging towards them. They scattered about 20 feet back while the bunny sat panting, for the moment, safe. The birds watched me intently as I approached their prey. Yet as I approached the rabbit, it ran from me. All I want to do is carry you to safety, little rabbit. I thought aloud. <laughs> but as I ran across, but as I went to it, it ran across the parking lot to hide under a nearby car. What a stupid creature. Back come the birds. The three birds flew to the other side of the vehicle to lay in wait for the bunny to pop out the other side. They were smart. Leaving the vehicle between myself and them, I walked over and pushed the birds back. I felt as though they were taunting me, jumping back just a few inches at a time, waiting for me to do something. So I started to throw rocks, and then they moved. <laughs> still the rabbit waited under the car and still was terrified of me. I knew if I could somehow get this little rabbit to a group of trees that were on the edge of the parking lot, it would be safe. But animals are stupid. And instead of running directly for them, it decided to run deeper into the parking lot where it saw another car. Dumb. I decided to wait this time and let the young rabbit do whatever the heck it wanted. I have helped you enough, was my attitude. It wasn't the right attitude. The birds returned. As I looked, to, oh, sorry. Uh, as I said, I'm, yeah, okay, I got to that part. It was funny. Uh, now, here's the rabbit. There's a fence that lined the parking lot, a big fence. It cannot go through the fence. It's one of those fences with all the, like, the white slats, the plastic things. There's no way through this thing. So the rabbit decides to run directly into the fence and, like, runs headfirst to the fence, bounces off the fence, and, of course, the birds come back to try to eat it again. I looked away for one moment, and I turned to see one magpie standing on top of the rabbit, ready to rip its insides open. I ran. 
I bent down and scooped up a handful of rocks and whipped them at the fence. The birds screamed, and they flew to a tree. Finally, the infant ran into the cover of the tree's safety at last. The rabbit lived. I turned my attention to the birds. I was mad at them. I unleashed a storm of rocks at them until I drove them back off the property of the church and I returned to the bunny who had somehow managed to escape unscathed. He was resting in the bushes, hopefully to live another day. You know, what's the point of this? God's been speaking to me about his love and how to fear him. And what, how does that make sense? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It doesn't seem to match. I think that I had it backwards. God loves us so deeply, it actually scares us. As I came out of the doors of that church, it was my love for the little creature that drove me to protect it. It was the birds that my wrath was focused towards. Yet the rabbit sitting there, not really knowing who I was, was terrified as well. Because when it looked at me, all it saw was wrath. Yet if it knew my heart, if it had a relationship with me, it would know intently that my wrath was not directed towards the rabbit. It was directed toward, toward the things that were trying to destroy it. Do you see where I'm going now? When we look at something that becomes so scary, and I tell you this, as we start to build and grow a relationship with God the Father, you might all of a sudden be there and wonder, wow, I feel afraid of the holiness, of the power of who this is. It is not God angry or wrathful towards you. It is God facing down the things maybe inside of you that are destroying you. Attitudes. As my son Jude said, what would have to change? My attitude. Deceit, hate, hatefulness, wickedness, bitterness, unforgiveness. Things that come and eat away at the very foundation of who you are. And when God comes, sometimes he has to come bursting out of the doors after you, chasing you down, but he isn't coming to destroy you. He's coming to destroy the things that are destroying you. And when we have a relationship with the Father, if we truly know who he is, if we can truly have that relationship, if we can truly touch and see his heart, as Jesus Christ made a way for us to do, we will know it is not directed towards me. It is directed towards the things coming against me. That's why scripture says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Nothing formed against you, no matter what it is, no matter what person at work is pissing you off, no matter what person, no matter who in your family is, has crossed the line a thousand times with you, no matter what it is, God says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Sometimes it takes us understanding that a relationship with the Father is all it takes. If we truly want to be free, if we truly want to walk through the streets of these towns that we live in and be effective, a relationship with the Father is the only thing that matters. 
How do I know that? Because Jesus himself only did what he saw the Father doing. And every time that God came down and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, it was because he knew Jesus had a relationship with his Father. Jesus has cleared the way for us all to access the Father and to not be burned. I know some people here right now do not have, and I want to focus on you for a minute, that do not have a good relationship with the Father. Let's close our eyes for a second. Don't, this is personal. Maybe even people you're around don't know about this, but, but you have this, there's a resentment. There's something there that, that, that you're, he wasn't there or didn't treat you right, something. I don't need to go super into it, but you know what it is. And I really want you to understand this morning that you can have a deep, meaningful, fulfilling relationship with your Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, I ask right now to speak to the hearts of these people that are struggling. Would you open us up and see the path that Jesus cleared for us to meet the Father. This is something, as Pastor Brett says, and I love to say as well, is this is a journey, and it's one step at a time. And so while God can do a miracle and totally restore and, and heal the pain that maybe an earthly father caused you today, a lot of the times it is one step at a time. Maybe there's been a deep trust that's been broken, and that can't be rebuilt in one day. The real important part is, is that we do not let the earthly model of the Father, if it was negative, to block the relationship with the Heavenly Father. Because that gate needs to be opened. So Lord, I pray for these people this morning that you would come and heal and restore that right relationship of the father to the child and vice versa. Maybe this morning, morning you realize, wow, I, I don't have a relationship with Jesus or the father and I, this is all new to me. Maybe it's something that I never thought I even had. I want to give you an opportunity too because the first step is actually accepting Jesus that he came to the earth, died, paid the price for our sins so that we could meet the Father. Maybe you've never prayed that before. I want to pray that with you right now. I just want you, everyone still, keep your eyes closed for a moment. If that's you this morning and, and you've never prayed that, I just want you to raise your hand and pray with you. Amen. Now everybody together, let's, let's stand for a moment. Ben's just going to play a little bit, and I just want to pray with you a little bit more because <clears throat> sometimes I've found in, I've been in ministry for a long time, sometimes I've found that sometimes when we bump up against a blockage in our, our hearts, it takes a few times. Like, Jake and got it right away, like one of my kids. 
Jude didn't. So it took some more times to break through the wall a little bit. And so I just want to give a, a, just a couple minutes to help break through that wall with you. I, I want to say that I've, I've gone through a lot of this stuff. I, I, I said that the father relationship is very difficult. But when I did actually break through that wall, was able to have a relationship with God the Father, it changed the relationship with my earthly father as well. It really did. More so, having a relationship with God the Father allowed me to be a better parent because I saw how it was meant to be done because he has a kid too. And we're all children of God as the theme has been. We need to have a relationship with that Father. We can't be afraid to come to him. So let's close your eyes for a minute. I'm going to pray one more time. God, I just stand here as your child this morning and I just say, let your will be done. Let the, let the plan that you set from the foundations of the world, let that be established inside of our hearts this morning. Let the walls that we've built, maybe between some sort of authority figure that we've had in our life, and we've, we've built resentment, we've built something up against them, say, I won't, I won't hear from another authority, I won't hear from another father-type person in my life. God, I ask right now to start removing those bricks. And if you agree with me, just imagine that wall starting to crumble. Imagine like the Berlin Wall came and they came with sledgehammers and started to break it open. Because when it breaks down, there's a unifying of you here on the earth and something amazing going on in heaven. Because our Father sits there right now waiting for His children calling unto his children, saying, will you come up here and be with me? And so, Lord, I want to, like, break down any lie of the enemy that says, I'm not allowed to come there with you. In the beginning of the book of Revelation, John says that he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and that he saw a door standing open into heaven. And I want to tell you right now that that door is always open for us. Why? Because Jesus held the keys and he unlocked the gate and he opened it wide. You are allowed to come in to that place. Remember where the, the priest was allowed to come once a year and God's presence could come only once a year. It's allowed to come into your life every single moment of every single day. You are allowed. You have been given access. You have the code. You have the keys to go to that place. Thankfully, Jesus opened the way. And so this morning, Lord, we want to say we remove the strongholds in our life that would keep us from that place. We break down the walls in our life that would keep us from coming to you as a child and meeting the Father. God, I pray for us now, I pray specifically for the fathers in this place that we would vow in our hearts that we would commit ourselves to following you that we would raise our children as you raised your son. And while we're not perfect, Lord, I pray that you would point out to us where we've gone astray, where we've gone astray, where we've gone off the path and bring us back quickly, Lord, by your grace and your mercy. For the mothers today, I want to pray and, 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 and reaffirm the established glue that you carry in your hands. And I want to say, too, that you have a relationship with your Heavenly Father, and you, too, are allowed to do what He does in your family. 
This is not a separation now between man and woman. This is very much just a child to the Father. And as children, if we repeat and we see what the Father does and do those things here on the earth, the earth will be changed. So this morning, we just say, we give our hearts to you, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus Christ,